Welcome to the Gambling Couch, folks. I'm Seth, joined as always by Caden Keaton. Guys, say what's up. Hello, everybody. What's up? Nice, I love it. Uh, so this week we're mixing things up. We just came out with our recap podcast for weeks, week eight. Gosh, I keep thinking it was week seven last week. We just recapped week eight. You guys can give that a listen. We decided to break up the best bets and the recaps so you guys can figure out what you want to listen to and get to it quicker. Um, so yeah, we're going to jump right into our best bets. Cade, you had the first pick. Go for it. My favorite game of the week is Green Bay laying three points on the road against the Chargers. Um, biggest thing here is Green Bay's weakness is their run defense and the Chargers have not been able to run the football. Uh, Melvin Gordon does not look like the same guy. I don't know if he's just not in shape. I don't know what the deal is, but they have the 30th ranked rushing offense so far this year. Um, and that paired with Green Bay's, you know, probably biggest weakness as a team, it doesn't scare me a whole lot. So Green Bay's offense is clicking on all cylinders. Um, and the Chargers defense has been bad too, 27th overall. Um, and it's really not an away game per se for the Green Bay Packers. They are traveling, but I think that that's probably a stadium filled with 70% Packer fans this coming week. Um, so, yeah, I think the Green Bay puts up a lot of points, and it should be an easy cover for them. So I love this one. Yeah, I'm with you. I think this Green Bay team covers here just fine. I think this Chargers line is probably a little inflated coming off of a win. Um, that being said, I don't think they played a really a really fully functional football team last week, and I think that's what you're getting with Green Bay. I think the biggest worry here is that maybe it's a letdown spot um, after last week, but I don't see that really happening here. I think they win, and if they beat the Chargers, I don't know if it's any less than three. And, uh, yeah, so give me Green Bay. I'm with you here, Cade. Let's lay those points. This is my favorite pick of the week as well. I honestly don't understand it. I think this Green Bay team is one of the best in the NFL, on both, not, mostly on offense, but their defense has been competent as well this year. Chargers, on the other hand, are bad on defense. I think Green Bay is going to have no problem scoring the football, especially with Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers. It's looking like they're going to have Devontae Adams back this week, which will help them a lot on offense as Rodgers has been playing with second-tier wide receivers. Um and then the Chargers on offense have just been a complete mess. They keep trying to run the ball with Melvin Gordon, but he looks out of shape. He looks he just doesn't look right. I don't think that holdout did him any favors. They should be giving the ball to Austin Eckler as he's looked great, but that play calling um, and just who they're playing on the field, they should be playing Eckler more, but they're not. So I don't have any faith in this Chargers team. I think they're battle around. I also like to take into consideration that they get the three points to their line for um, home field advantage, but playing at their stadium in L.A. is not – home field advantage at all I'm thinking it's going to be closer to 50-50 Packers and Chargers fans so to almost play like a neutral field game um so I love Green Bay here um and yeah so give me the Packers minus three you bet all right Seth what's your pick buddy so my first pick of the week I'm gonna take the Colts lane one on the road against Pittsburgh I hate you so much sorry did you want this one this is the pick of the week fellas this is this is the move right here I'll trade you for what? I'm kidding, I won't. That's a hurtful thing to do. <laughs> so to start off, I don't buy in this Pittsburgh team. Um, they looked bad against the Dolphins on Monday night. They were down at halftime 14-10. to 10. Um, James Connors banged up. We're not sure if he's going to play. Mason Rudolph looked bad. If you watch that uh, Monday night game, he was throwing the ball behind receivers a lot. Like They would cut across the middle of the field, and he would just throw it barely behind him, but enough to where it just messes up the timing and causes an, an incompletion. So I don't like them to be able to run the ball against um, the Colts, who have a staunch defense against the run. Not staunch, but they're, staunch. they're average against the run in the pass, which which I like for them. They're very well coached. I think Marlon Mack's going to be gonna be able to run all over this team. Brissette is, takes care of the ball. 
he's been a just fantastic for them so far. I think he had like four touchdowns. Was it no, two weeks ago? He had four touchdowns. Last week was up and down against the Broncos. Um, but I really like this Colts team. They're only laying one point. The defense has healed up. They got um, Hooker back, their safety, and Leonard, their linebacker. They're a very well-coached team. Last week was kind of weird. They had a lot of penalties, but throughout the season and historically, this is a team that isn't penalized very much, so I think that'll kind of revert to the mean uh, where they won't have to deal with the penalties. And I, and I I just – I mean, all they have to do really is win by more than one point. I love that. Yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, this is this is the best pick of the week. I said it when he jumped in here, but this is the best bet of the week. I don't see how this Colts team doesn't win this game, and that's all you really need them to do, laying one point. Um, I just I don't see how this goes the wrong way. You got a great. Yeah, I think you have the better offense, you have the better defense, and you have the better coach. And with all those things going right, there's just no reason they shouldn't win this game. Um, I still think they're out there trying to prove doubters wrong. I still think there are doubters out there, and I think you get a good uh, show up and play here from Mark Richt and this team. Yeah, I think it's a bounce back, so to say, after the way they played against Denver last week. Frank Wright. Um, yeah. It, so this uh, the line last week was plus one and a half. The Colts were getting one and a half points. So this thing has swung two and a half overnight, which means there's probably been a lot of action on the Colts side. It's probably going to go up to three or so by game time, I would guess. Um, Pittsburgh did not look good Monday night. The offense hasn't done anything with that big Ben. 22nd in both the pass and the run. They just lost Connor this last week, and it's looking like he is not looking like he's going to play this week. He's questionable, I think, um, which obviously doesn't help their offense. Um, Yeah, I think it's a convincing win for Indy, and I just don't think the Steelers have the firepower um, to keep up with them. Just going back to a point uh, that Cade made kind of reminded me, I wanted to say about the Packers. If you're going to want to, if you want to bet the Packers this week, I would do it sooner than later because they're, Public money is always on the Packers. That line's going to go up probably closer to four or five. So if you want the Packers against the Chargers, I would take it now. Um, same thing with the Colts, like like Cade said. That could swing that way as well. And then Keaton's pick is also in the same boat. So Keaton, go ahead. All right, so since you guys took my two favorite bets of the week, I'm going to go back to my safety net, which is Bill Belichick and these New England Patriots. Um, before we get going here on this pick, the biggest thing that would keep you off this game is the fact that Baltimore, as Seth said on our other pod, is the number one rushing offense in the NFL. That being said, um, New England is eighth versus the rush. I think that's probably a little nice to them. I'd say they're probably more middle of the road stopping the rush. Um, but that being said, even giving those things away, I think the one thing Bill Belichick does better than any coach in the NFL is that he takes away the one thing you do really well and makes you play left-handed or makes you do something you haven't done well in the past and I think if you really stick Lamar, um, then I just don't know what this offense does. Lamar's not great in the past game. He's shown flashes against bad defenses, but that is the farthest thing you can be um, from this New England secondary. I think they're disgusting out there. I don't know how really they picked them apart in that facet. So they're going to have to fight Bill Belichick on his terms, um, which is going to run the football, and they're going to have to, I think, to win this game. Um, and really the biggest thing that New England does really well against running quarterbacks is they just stay so disciplined. I heard Chris Long talking about this recently. Um, they drill all week long about not trying to get after the quarterback and more keep him contained. And if they can do that, I think they win this game. Baltimore's 29th against – oh, sorry, Baltimore has the 29th-ranked pass rush, only getting 5% um, adjusted sack rate, which is absolutely garbage. And if you can't get to Tom Brady or you can't get him off his spot, I just don't know how you beat this team. He'll probably put up 24. The defense might get you seven more, and I just don't know how Baltimore scores that much against this defense. Um, I also think the market's kind of overvalued Baltimore all year long. They're 2-4-1 against the spread, 
and New England, we consistently talk about their defense, but they're also quietly the number one scoring um, offense. Uh, they score the most on possessions. Uh, Baltimore's also 0-3 at home against the spread. And I'll just keep riding the goats here with Belichick and Tom Brady. So give me New England, minus 3.5 on the road here. And just one final note, Baltimore is 29th in opponents' yards per play, which is sad. not good. It's bad. Um, yeah, you guys both kind of hit on it. If Baltimore is going to win this game or have a chance, then they're going to have to run the football. But I think the Belichick game plans for that, they stack the box, they make them throw it. Um, but obviously, again, Lamar isn't a conventional quarterback. He's going to get outside the pocket, going to make plays with his feet. So if you're on the Ravens' side, that's kind of what you're banking on. You're banking on him having a you know, big game on the ground. The Ravens running it all over the Pats, um, and you're getting three and a half points on that side too with the home team. So the home dog, I think, is something that should be taken into account. But I like the Patriots as well, laying the three and a half. One thing before I get into my take here, if you want to bet the Patriots, bet it now. If you want to bet the Ravens, wait, because that line's going to go in the Ravens' favor. I think it'll probably close around Patriots five. Favor. Well, right. Yes, thank you. Correct. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to move towards the Patriots. Um, I think that you could get Baltimore closer to five if you wait. Um, but, yeah, you guys kind of covered it. I'm also taking the Patriots. That being said, it's a game that I'm actually going to stay away from just because I kind of talked about it before. This Baltimore team is kind of hard to predict. They're kind of hard to bet on or against because that offense has looked great, but then, again, sometimes it looks stagnant. Um, something to keep an eye on. Hollywood Brown might be coming back this week. I believe he practiced in full today. If he comes back, um, I don't. I'm not going to bet on him having a good game, um, just because that secondary is so good. But he is somebody that that they have to keep an eye on. That could open up a side of the field for somebody else. Um, if this Baltimore team can run the ball and kind of control time of possession, I could see them keeping it close. Um, these are both these teams like to run the ball and and dominate time of possession. So I could see this game going under. I'm not sure what the over-under is at right now, but I'd probably lean the under. I assume it's around like 44, 45. Um, but I do lean the Patriots, but I, I, I see the argument for Baltimore as well. I'll say that. Yeah, which is fair. I think you make some good points. Um, over-under is 46. Wow, that's higher than I thought. So, yeah, give me the under on that game, actually. Yeah, I'm probably with you there, too. Um, moving on to my second pick here, I got Lions plus two at Oakland. Um, I really think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, the Raiders are bottom third in adjusted sacks. I like that. Um, Oakland's defense is built to stop the run. Detroit doesn't really give a dang about the run. They don't have carry-on healthy, so it really doesn't matter what they're doing with that. They have to bring in a bunch of new guys here to try to get that part of the ball going. On the other side um, of that offense, Matt Stafford has done a hell of a job really keeping them in games and winning them games in the past. Uh, the Lions are top 10 enforcing turnovers. The Raiders are 30th defensively enforcing turnovers. And I think if you don't take the ball away from Stafford, he's going to get you plenty of points, which kind of helps us here. Um, in these high-scoring games, I usually tend to lean with the higher-scoring offense, and that's what I'm getting here with the Lions. Detroit has played the tech, uh, the, <laughs> the second toughest schedule as a defense. Um, and so I think that maybe those numbers aren't great so far, but I think they're facing a uh, probably an average offense here with Oakland, and I think that's probably – they're going to show up a little bit better here than they did last week. Um, Detroit's also ranked second in special teams, and as we've talked about in the past, that's something that can definitely swing games. So I think I'm getting the superior offense. I'm definitely getting the superior defense and the superior special teams, and I'm getting two points on the road. I like the Lions here um, and the two points. So give me Detroit. Yeah, my biggest thing with this one is Oakland is ranked 29th against the pass, and Matt Stafford's going to throw it all over the yard. It will be a lot of points, and you're getting two. So I just think that the Lions' offense is superior. 
Um, they could have issues with Josh Jacobs on the ground, but um, I just don't think that Oakland is that good of a team overall. Defensively, I think that that is where they are weakest, and I see the Lions running all over them um, in all aspects of the game. Maybe get back on um, get back on track with the run game here a little bit. I think Carrion's still out, but you know, look for someone to emerge. Ty Johnson, I know, was a guy last week. Um, maybe look for him to get a few more carries here. So I think they put up a lot of points, and I'm getting two, so I like it. I'm actually on the other side here. Um, we talked last podcast that I actually like this Raiders offense. I like Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, Tyrell Williams. I think Derek Carr's been fine. I like John Gruden as a play caller. Their problems, obviously, are on the defensive side of the ball. Like you guys talked about, they're terrible against the pass. I could totally see Stafford going off against them, in which case they would not cover. Um, But this Lions defense just hasn't lived up to expectations. They're supposed to be kind of a defensive team that is flashy on offense but likes to run the ball. They haven't been able to run the ball at all this year. Their defense has been bad against both the run and the pass, and those are two aspects that the Raiders are really good in. They're really good on the ground with Josh Jacobs. Um, Darren Waller and Tyrell Williams have looked great in the passing game. I, I just I like them at home. For me, it really comes down to home field advantage. I think that's a real thing. I think in Oakland that's going to be a big factor, and I just like this offense to move the ball. Um, obviously, their defense is going to give up points. Maybe look at the over here. The two bad defenses going against each other. I'm just going to stick with Oakland to outscore the Lions because the Lions can't run the ball, and yes, they're going to throw it all over the yard, but I like this Oakland offense. I think you mentioned you want to put 100 bucks on it with Keaton, too. Yeah, isn't that what you said? Sure, man, let's do it. All right, let's put 100 down. Um, that being said, Seth mentioned the over-under. The over-under is 50, and I would definitely lean the, uh, lean the over there. I just don't know how this game stays under 50 points unless there's just a ton of turnovers. I think Keaton mentioned it, too. I'm not sure, but Detroit has played the second-toughest schedule um, defensively so far this year, so those numbers might be a little inflated. So you want to put 100 on, too, then? Uh, it's not my best bet. I will not. Thank you very much, though. 50? 50? <laughs> I'm good. I will stay away from it. I mean, if I right. lose this, then I'm just even with you, so I guess it's okay. All right, we're going to go on to my second best bet. I have the London game. I'm betting the London game this week, boys, just because. Dude, what do you say about London games? Don't bet it. Stay away. <laughs> Somebody has to cover the spread in every game. So 50-50. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes both teams do. Texans are only laying one point <laughs> against an inferior Jags team. They're, the home field advantage is being taken into account for this line, but it's not there because it's in London. Um, I think the Texans have the better offense and the better defense. The Texans look good versus the run, which is what the Jaguars love to do. I think they're going to be able to keep Leonard Fournette in check, who has been fantastic this year. Um, Obviously, the Texans just lost J.J. Watt for the year, which hurts them. Frankly, though, he didn't do a whole lot this year. He wasn't really making the impact that we're used to seeing from him. And this is it's just a susceptible Jags defense versus a great offense. I don't think Watson and those guys are going to have any trouble moving the ball downfield and scoring on this team. Uh, defensively, the ja- or sorry, defensively the Texans can get after the quarterback, and the Jaguars' offensive line is terrible. I think you're going to make Gardner run for his life. He usually um, does. Poor guy. No JJ Watt. That's right, and I mentioned that and how he hasn't been much of a factor this year. So well, I, he is the number one ranked D end according to Pro Football Focus until he got. So he hurt. hasn't done anything. What, no. What happened to Aaron Donald being number one man? Well, he, Aaron Donald's He's on a, a D end, so is he? That's, he plays both. Anyways, I love the Texans here laying one point against an inferior team on what is not a road game. So I'm going to stay away from this one, um, like I said, just because it's a London game. I think that the Texans are probably a better football team all around, um, but I do like that Jacksonville offense. I think that uh, you know Fournette's a force on the ground. Minshew can throw the ball. Um, 
and I think that Jacksonville can get after Watson, which has kind of been their weakness all year. So if they, you know, put pressure on him, make him make bad throws, get him out of the pocket, um, you know, making bad decisions, then I think that this will be a close one and something I could see Jacksonville easily winning. You know, weird stuff happens in London all the time. So we'll see, but I will uh, lay the one with the Texans. Yeah, for me, like, I'm still licking my wounds from when I bet Chicago overseas against uh, those Raiders, <laughs> and I'm still not emotionally over that. So I'm not touching this game either. Um, for me, I guess I'm probably with Seth here too. I just think the Texans are the better team. So if I'm if the spread is this close and I'm getting uh, the better team, then I'm definitely leaning that way. I think this is going to be more fun to watch than to bet. So I'm staying away from it. But um, fun to watch Gardner Minshew probably put up some points. I can see this game being another high-scoring one. It seems like all year long it's been a lot of high-scoring games, apart from uh, Trubisky having to. No, wait, no, it wasn't Trubisky. It was their backup. But anyway, Chase Daniels or something. Yeah, bad quarterback. Yeah. Bad quarterback. So, anyways, this is going to be a weird one. I wouldn't bet it, but I understand how Seth is. Okay, your second pick. My second pick, the Jets laying three points on the road against the great Miami Dolphins. Worst team in football. Um, they competed with the Steelers, but I just think it's they're kind of overvalued here. Um, I by no means think that this is a pick em, or Sorry, I don't, I, I don't think that the Jets are only six points better than this team on a neutral field. Um you know, granted, it's a road game. I just think the Jets are a much better team all around. Uh, Miami just traded Kenyon Drink, um, kind of to confirm the fact that they are tanking as a football team. In case you were curious. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's. I think it's a perfect spot for a Jets bounce back. You couldn't play anybody better in this spot. So um, I'm only laying three points, and I think the Jets are kind of due. Defensively, they're a good football team. Um, the offense is kind of where the question marks are, but I think Darnold gets back on track, and they put up some points, and they easily cover here. So give me the Jets. Yeah, I think this is a weird little spot. I mean, the Jets just dealt their interior linemen um, for a couple picks from the Giants, which I think is an interesting thing to do in this spot. Um, Gase is just tough to bet on. That being said, I think this is the spot if you're going to bet. If you're going to bet Adam Gase, I think this is the spot only having to lay three against the worst team in football, and it's not close. Um, the one thing I'll say is Miami's playing really hard, which I think is the one thing that scares me because I don't think there's a huge talent disparity here. I think I, obviously I think they have the better quarterback um, in New York. I think they have definitely have like a couple superior guys, but I don't think it's a by any means the bigger difference than we saw with the Jets in New England a couple weeks ago. But I don't know. I'm definitely with you. Jets minus three here. It's just a it's another weird one. This week's full of weird games like this. Yeah, so for me, this is a game I'm totally staying away from because I don't really know what's going to happen. If I had to bet, though, I think it's going to be low scoring and pretty close. So I'm going to take the home team and the points with Miami. Um, This is a Jets team, like you mentioned. They traded away Leonard Williams to the Giants, so they don't have him up front to help against the run if Miami can even run the ball without any running backs. Um, But I actually I like Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, Fitzmagic comes out in weird spots. I think this could be one of those spots here. Um, the Jets had that turmoil where they were shopping Jamal Adams and he found out about it and got all upset. So I think both these teams are, they're kind of comparable to me in the, in the point that they both average 11 points per game and give up like 26, just terrible on both sides of the ball. Um, and frankly, I don't think the Jets are six points better than anybody on a neutral field. So I'm just, I, I'm staying away from this game hundred percent, but if I had to bet it, I would take the points with Miami. Interesting. So you're saying you bet a thousand dollars on it? At least a million. Mm. At least. At least Give or a take. million. So my third and final pick. I went back and forth on this one, but I saw this right before the podcast and I liked it. Denver plus three at home against Cleveland. Um, Cleveland has struggled all year, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and they've kind of showed it offensively too here recently. Um, and Denver's strength offensively is a running game, and that is Cleveland's weakness. So I think that Freeman and Lindsey 
Um, kind of go all over him here. It's kind of a control the clock, take the art of the ball game, close scoring. Um, and I'm getting three with the home team. I just don't trust Cleveland offensively to take care of it. And the Denver D has shown up these past couple of weeks. They're up to third in DVOA after a rough start to the year. Um, Nick Chubb is obviously what scares me most, but I don't trust Baker and Freddie Kitchens to take care of the football. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm getting three points with the home team, and I like the home dog here. God, this this might be the most vomit emoji game of this week. And there's a lot of bad ones, but for me, this one takes the cake. Um, you got Fanny Pack Fangio. Mm-hmm. You have Freddie. What the hell's going on in your kitchen? Um, who's the quarterback for Denver? Do we know? Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen. Not going to throw it. Did he play North Louisiana State Tech? Probably. Or did he play one of those places? All right, sweet. So I don't know what the hell we're getting there. Um, on the other side, I Baker and that team is a mess. This is horrible. That being said, I want to watch it because this is <laughs> this is a slow train wreck, and I can't wait to witness how many go down. So um, do you want to put hundred dollars on this? I'll take Freddie. What's have, going on yeah, in your kitchen? You can have with Freddie. Sure. Fanny pack hoodie Fangio taking his daughter Give to the pumpkin to patch. Give it to me. I, I really just want to throw money at this because I need a reason to watch this game, and so I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm, Let's do I'm it. putting a hundred bucks on it because this is disgusting, <laughs> folks. Good God. Um, I'm actually I like Denver here in this spot too. I think without Joe Flacco, they're not going to throw the ball at all, which is totally fine against the Browns who can't stop the run, and they have two running backs who are more than capable. Um, this Brown team is just an absolute mess. We talked about it in the earlier podcast, how something always goes wrong for them. Last week it was two fumbles and an interception early in the game to kind of ruin their chances of covering against the Patriots. I have absolutely no faith in the Browns and Freddie Kitchens and whatever they have going on there. I mean, it's just it's frustrating because they have the players to be good. They really do, but they just don't have a coaching staff or that culture to kind of reel things in when things get tough and say, hey, this is our vision, this is what we're going to do. Um it's not that I love Denver, but I think they're going to control the time of possession. I think they're going to be able to keep this to a close game, plus they get a field goal on top of that. Hey, when the babysitter's away, the kids are going to play. Let's go, man. There you go. Cleveland! I totally have faith, and by that I mean I can't wait to watch this. This is horrible. Um, for my third and final pick, I am taking the Eagles, who are laying five points at home against the Bears. To me, this is just mostly fading the Bears. Um, Akeem Hicks is out, a defensive tackle for them, who... Um, he's been fantastic, especially against the run. So against the run, they're going to be susceptible more so than they have previously. And then you look last week, this is an Eagles team that put up 218 rush yards against the Bills. So I think they'll be able to run the ball again with Jordan Howard. Miles Sanders looks like he's questionable, but they might get him back. I'm pretty sure um, Darren Sproles is coming back, and obviously it's not the Darren Sproles of old. But that's another weapon for them. Hasn't he been playing since, like, 1940? At least. He's, he's an old man. He's the Tom Brady age-wise of running backs. Of five foot six running backs. Right. Well, and Frank Gore, too, another old guy. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah, they're also getting Deshaun Jackson back, it looks like, who's an absolute weapon for them downfield. This Bears defense hasn't been as elite as it was last year, um, plus their offense is an absolute mess. Um, last week they finally started to run the football. I believe David Montgomery had like 20-plus carries, 27 carries. But that is the one spot on Philly's defense that they just don't let you do. They are a lead against the run, one of the best in the NFL. I don't think the Bears are going to be able to run it. Yes, the Phillies, uh, or sorry, the Philadelphia, the, the Philadelphia defense. Bryce Harper at tight end is susceptible against the pass, but the Bears can't throw the ball. They average 217 pass yards per game. Trubisky is terrible. It doesn't matter who's behind quarterback, him or Daniel. They're both bad. I think Trubisky is going to end up getting benched here pretty quickly. Um, he's just been that terrible. 
So I'm laying five points, but I'm at home, and I have the better team. Yeah, for me, I just think this Philly team, this will probably be one I actually put money on. I think I'm with you here with Philly. They're definitely better than two points than the Bears. The biggest scare here is a Bears special teams with Patterson or a defensive touchdown just because I think they haven't really played up to their capacity yet defensively. That being said, Seth basically covered it. Philly's the right side here. I mean, even even if it doesn't work out, I think Philly's definitely the right side. They're the better team. Um, Trubisky's numbers are really bad, and beyond that, they're super inflated. He got two free touchdowns and possessions against the Saints' third stringers and kids they picked up off the street to make sure that they kept their team healthy in that game. And that's all Chicago's good for offensively is garbage time touchdowns. So maybe bet them to cover in the fourth quarter, but nothing beyond that. I don't want to look at this team. I won't watch this game. I'm just going to hope that Philly covers and Mitch gets benched because he's bad. Yeah, this is the biggest stay away for me this week. Um, I saw the line. It kind of blew me away. I couldn't believe that Philly was favored by five here. Um, I just feel like that's a lot of points and something that's probably low scoring. I think it's a little inflated from that big win against Buffalo last week where they kind of ran it all over them. And obviously, this is a different Bears rushing defense than what the Bills have put forth so this season. Um, So I'd probably lean the Bears here if I had to, but I'm going to stay away from it. I think that they control the clock. They try and just run the air, put the air out of the football, um, and keep this low scoring. So I would lean with getting the points here with the Bears, but it's not something I love. So you're not going to bet me on it? No. Even though it's not even my best bet, but I want your money? Not going to do it. Well, that's not very nice. All right, Keaton, your last pick, our last best bet. All right, so the last best bet of the week, since you guys did a good job of taking away all the things I wanted, and I'm down here in the three-hole. I'm taking Dallas, minus seven, at the New York Giants. The football Giants. The Giants of football. Um, Dallas has absolutely killed me this year, which shows you why I must really like this pick to go at it again. I'm 0-4 when betting a game when the Dallas Cowboys are playing, and that's Good. really tough. Fade Keaton, apparently. But on, the other the si- but on the other side of this, Dallas is 5-0 and against the spread against the Giants the last five times they've played. The Giants turned the ball over two, uh, damn near two and a half times per game, which is worse in the NFL. That is so tough to swallow. On the other side, Dallas is number one in offensive third down. Um, Dallas is also second in third down um, coverage defensively. The Giants' strength is their offense, which is still ranked worse than Dallas's weakness, which is their defense. And so for me, I just think Dallas covers this seven. They already did this um, at home, covered the seven-point spread at home. Um, I just don't really – I don't love this. i got to be honest. It's my third best bet, and I'm in the bottom of this. So I'm kind of stuck with some um, – I don't know, leftovers, I guess you could say. Um, but I think Dallas is the superior team. I think they've kind of found something, getting everybody healthy. And I just think they cover the seven-point spread against a Giants team that's still grasping at straws, trying to figure out why they took the guys that they've took in recent drafts. Yeah, for me, it's a tough one to pick. It's kind of a stay away for me. Like you said, you don't love it that much. Um, the the biggest thing that scares me for this game is that Dallas's defense has looked susceptible at times, and it's a division game where those tend to be closer um, than non-division games. And it's you're laying seven points, which is quite a bit. Plus, it's in New York. But all that being said, the Giants' defense is terrible. I don't think Dallas is going to have any problems moving the ball against them. Um, and Danny Dimes, we I talked about it in the other podcast. He's been kind of turnover prone this year. I don't. I think Dallas is going to get a couple of those. I could see a defensive touchdown for Dallas, um, which will help them cover the seven. So give me the Dallas playing seven as well. Cade? Yeah, I don't I don't love this thing either. It's definitely a stay away from me, but I would lean Dallas. Dang it, um, I wanted to take your guys' money on no. this. I even tried to pretend like I didn't like it. Yeah, I, I just I, I don't I think that's too many points 
for the Cowboys on the road, especially what we saw against the Jets a couple weeks ago where they just looked clueless. Um, obviously, the Giants aren't as good of a team defensively as the Jets are, um, but you know they do have weapons offensively with Saquon, and they can put up points, and that is probably where Dallas is um, weakest is on the defensive side of the ball. So I will take Dallas as well, but it's something that kind of scares me, and I would stay away from it. All right, so that does it for our best bets. We're going to go into the remaining five games, it looks like, on the slate. Quickly, we have the Niners are laying 10 points on the road against the Cardinals. What are we thinking here, guys? This is a tough one for me with it being Thursday night. These are low scoring all the time. Um, the Niners have looked awesome, obviously, so far this year. Um, so I think I'm going to have to stick with that. I will stay with the Niners, laying the 10 points. Um, I think they can put up points against the bad Cardinals defense. Um, so we will see. It could be a weird one, but I would lean with the Niners. Yeah, I think I'm with you here. Um, this is mostly a bet on the Niners' defense than the Niners' offense. Um, that being said, I think I get the better defense, the better offense, the all-around better team here. Arizona covering the 10 points would take um, a showing offensively, which I just don't think they're going to get with all the new running backs they have and just kind of a weird spot for them. It is a division game. It is a home dog um, with a double-digit spread, which probably to me just shows how much better this Niners team is than Arizona. That being said, I'll be rooting for Arizona, but I think the Niners cover the 10. This is probably my least favorite game to bet on the slate because it's a Thursday night game and it's a double-digit point spread where the road team is the favorite. Um, I am actually going to lead the Cardinals taking the points. I don't have too much of a handicap for it other than I think this offense can do better than they did last week against the Saints team. Um, I think Kenyon, Kenyon Drake's going to help that offense. I think their defense is terrible, but the Niners' strength um, isn't on their offensive side of the ball. Uh, they are kind of been up and down. We saw them only put up nine points in weird weather against the Redskins. Um, it's just a lot of points. I, I'm kind of banking on a backdoor cover. I think it's going to get out of hand, and the Cardinals are going to throw the ball a lot in the second half and maybe close the gap for a cover. And then we got the Titans, who are um, plus four underdogs in Carolina. What are we thinking here? For me, I just think the Panthers are probably better than a point better than the Titans. But also, like, there's just a lot of unknowns here. Basically, the entire Titans team is an unknown every week. You don't know what you're getting. I tend to try to avoid them. Um, I think this is probably a bounce-back spot more than anything for the Panthers here. I don't like it or it would have been in my best bets. Um, they can't stop the run. Derrick Henry is huge, and we're still waiting on the 200-yard rush game he seems to have every year. And I think this is probably a good spot for it. That being said, it's just too weird. So it's a stay away from me, but I'd lean Panthers minus four. Yeah, um, you, you hit the nail on the head with Tennessee. It's just kind of wild card week to week. Um, this was borderline best bet for me with the Panthers. I think that this is a um, prime bounce back spot. I think McCaffrey can kind of get going in this one. Um, I don't think Kyle Allen will have to do a whole lot. Um, the Carolina rush defense is obviously kind of what uh, scared me away from this one, but I would lay the four with Carolina at home. I'm on the other side taking the Titans plus four. For me, it comes down to Carolina's rush defense looking awful and Derrick Henry who's been eaten this year. I think he's kind of going to go off. Uh, and this offense is actually – Ryan Tannehill is a competent as a quarterback. I think he's an upgrade for Marcus Mariota. I think they're going to be able to move the ball on the ground, open up some play action. Um, I think Carolina's the better team. I just don't like them laying four against a team that can run the ball so well because that's where their uh, weakness is on defense. So I'm leaning Titans. not a huge lean for me. 
Next game, we got the Redskins, who are nine and a half point underdogs, going to Buffalo against the Bills. Personally, I'm taking the Skins here plus nine and a half pretty easily just because this Bills team isn't meant to score a lot of points, and I don't think they're kind of built to beat anybody by double digits. Their forte is to keep the game low scoring and grind it out on offense and get the win. So I don't see this Bills team putting up 10 more points than the Redskins, and that's the only reason I'm taking it. It's just a points game for me. Yeah, I mean, we kind of saw a version of this game when the Buffalo Bills played the Dolphins a couple of weeks ago. Um, The problem with all of this for me is I'd love to be on that side. I still am on that side. Give me the Skins plus 9.5. But the thing that scares me the most is the quarterback for the Skins is just a guy I don't trust if Haskins is going to start. If I get McCoy or Keenum, I'd, I'd feel a lot better about it. But I don't think that's currently what's going to happen, and so I'm still I'm still going to take the skins plus nine and a half. I don't like it. It's nowhere near my best bets or anything close to it. Um, there's just too many unknowns and too many variables for me to really enjoy this game at all. Plus, who's going to want to watch this thing? Holy cow! <laughs> yeah, I think I'm I'm on the other side. I I would take the Bills just because of the quarterback questions with the Washington football team. Um, with that being said. I don't necessarily trust the Bills' offense to put up a ton, um, and I think that Washington might be, you know, relatively decent on the defensive side, but I just don't trust that offense. I think that the Bills can put up 17 and be just fine and cover, so um, I'll take the Bills here. Before we move on, I will say this is one of my favorite tease pieces of the week, taking the Redskins and pushing them up to 15.5-point underdogs. Uh, I think the Bills would have to score a lot of points to cover that, and I don't see that happening. So just something to keep in mind as we move on to our next game. The Buccaneers are on the road. There are six-point underdogs in Seattle. I don't have a strong lean on this game. I'm still kind of up in the air, so I'll let you guys go ahead and go first. I like Seattle. Um, I like what I've seen from them all year offensively. Obviously, Tampa Bay is good against the run, so I think they could potentially shut down Seattle there a little bit. But I like what Russell Wilson can do against this secondary. Um, And I think Javis probably turns it over a couple of times. So in Seattle, obviously, um, yeah, I like Seattle as the home team laying the six. Yeah, so for me, um, Seattle gets a four-point home advantage just because of how good um, that field is for them, basically how loud it gets and how their fans show out. So for me, I just think Seattle's better than two points, better than the Bucks here. Um, mainly over everything else is the Bucks have just had to travel more than any NFL team. I don't think they've had a home game in – four weeks five weeks Mm -hmm. it's been something ridiculous i heard some stat where they've traveled more than anybody um and basically people are calling out the nfl for how bad they've had to travel um and i also think seattle um they just basically came off a bye with atlanta i mean they had to go down and play a team that had their backup in had basically quit on their coach um they covered by seven and it was basically a second half of run the ball into the ground keep the clock moving and then they get to come home and play a real football team this week and i think they're going to be prepared And I think Winston's going to hand the ball away another time or two. So Seattle minus six. It was borderline in my best bets. I like this game a lot. Um, I'm actually – I'm on the other side with the Bucs here, mainly because I don't think this Seahawks team is very good overall. Um, Their offense is pretty good, obviously, but the key there for them is running the football. They do it like 40 times a game. The Bucs don't let anybody run the football. So I don't think the Seahawks coaching staff is the type to kind of go away from their bread and butter and – you know, throw the ball 40 times rather than running it that many times. I think they're still going to try to pound the run. I can see the Bucks shutting them down there. Obviously, Russell Wilson's going to be a handful. He's in the MVP conversation. Um, to me, it's just I really like the Bucks' rush 
defense. I think on offense, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are going to be able to tear up what is a bad Seahawks secondary. And really, it just comes down to the Seahawks don't have a good defense. I don't trust them to keep the Bucks um, scoring uh, low enough to cover six points for that offense. So it's a weird game. I don't I don't love that pick. I'm just not as strongly on the Hawks as you guys are. I like the Bucks here plus six on the road. In Seattle. Oh, and another thing I actually forgot. The Hawks are weirdly 0-4 at home against the spread this year, which is weird considering they uh, have historically been a great home team. So that's something to keep an eye on. The next game is a weird one. There currently aren't lines to be bet on on most sports books. It's the Vikings on the road against the Chiefs. It's looking like if Patty Mahomes plays, um, the Chiefs will probably lay three points at home. If he doesn't play, it's looking like the Chiefs are going to be three to three and a half point underdogs. So for me, it's pretty simple. If Patrick Mahomes plays, I'll probably go on the Chiefs here. Um, I would look at the Vikings, though. That's not my favorite lean um, if he plays. But if he doesn't play, I absolutely love the Vikings laying three to three and a half points on the road. Yeah, I mean, for me, this is this this sucks. It would be really nice if we had a line or we had an idea. Somebody could give us a line here because if – I'm getting Minnesota minus three here, and I know Patty Mahomes isn't playing. I couldn't lay the points enough here. I just don't see how Minnesota doesn't cover in Kansas City are those three points if Mahomes isn't playing. If Mahomes is, it's a stay away for me because there's too many variables with him coming back um, basically off a weird little injury that we haven't had. To, we haven't seen him come back from one before. So too many variables if he comes back. If he's, n- if he's not playing, I'm going to lay the points with Minnesota probably up to like six. Yeah, I, I expect him to not play this week. I don't think they rush him back by any means. They're not really in um, a bad spot in the AFC right now. So I would definitely take Minnesota as the two and a half, three point favorite, whatever they are right now. Um, so that's kind of what I expect, and that's you know where I would go with Minnesota. All right, next we're going to give you guys our favorite over under of the week, and then go into our teaser. We put fifty dollars on each of these picks. Um, so, Keen, what is your favorite over-under pick of the week? So, favorite over-under for me, I kind of hinted at it earlier. It's also one of my best bets. Um, it's Detroit and Oakland in California. It, the over-under is at 50. I'm hammering the over. I don't know how this stays under the 50 under the fifty number. Um, it would basically take one of the teams going out and getting a bunch of turnovers, which I don't think happens. Um, the only other game that was in question for me was Washington and Buffalo under 37, but I just like Detroit and Oakland over 50 more. So I'm going Detroit and Oakland. Okay, do you have an over-under? I like the Thursday night game. We talked about it earlier. Not a whole lot of points in these ones. San Francisco has a very good defense, um, and I think that they kind of cause problems for Arizona. They don't have to score a ton to win this one. Um, so I'm taking the under 42.5 on the Thursday night game this week. Nice. So I kind of hinted, hinted at mine earlier as well. With the Patriots and the Ravens, two teams that like to run the football, control time of possession. The over-under is at 46, and I really like the under here. I think it's two teams, like I said, that are going to try to hold the ball and keep it low scoring. So give me the under there. Next we're going to go into our teaser segment where you get six points to your line. Um, you have to pick more than one game. And once you get like three or four teams in there, you get some good odds. So what do you guys got for a teaser? Okay, what do you got, buddy? Got Denver plus nine at home against Cleveland. I think this is um, another low-scoring one. Lots of running of the football. Um, the football. The football. And then I'm going to tease the Bears up to plus 11. Um, I think this could be another similar thing where we see the Bears run it a lot. They obviously can't throw it much with Trubisky. And I like their defense against Philly coming off a big win. Um, 
And then I'll throw the Lions in there up to plus eight against Oakland. Um, so getting a lot of points with all three teams that, you know, I think have, you know, relatively good defenses. Um, so I like the points there. Nice. Uh, so for my teaser, I'm, I'm swinging for the fences here. We're getting these odds up all the way to plus 600. Bet 100 to win 600 here. I got the Niners minus four. The Lions up to plus eight. The Colts up to plus five instead of laying one. Dallas down to laying one. The Pats catching two and a half. Seattle's down to a pick em, And that gets me all the way to six times, whatever you bet. Enjoy the cash. <laughs> Uh, so for my teaser, I'm doing a four-game teaser. I talked about it earlier, how the Redskins are my favorite teaser piece of the week. I'm taking them from 9.5 up to 15.5 points. I think the game's going to be low scoring. Um, <clears throat> the Broncos take them from 3 to 9. Titans go from plus 4 to plus 10 against Carolina. And then the Buccaneers as 6-point underdogs to 12-point underdogs against the Seahawks at home. So that'll do it for our podcast this week. Make sure to listen to our recap of Week 8 as well. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. Later, fellas. See ya.